Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that will lead them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. What is up, Millennial Millionaires? Welcome back to the show. Today we have an interesting episode of me speaking to you guys directly and answering some frequently asked questions that I've been receiving. So excited to talk to you guys, excited to bring some value and just dive right into it. So door-to-door sales is a very interesting industry because most people when they ask or think of someone, hey, would you ever knock doors? Or they think of someone who does door-to-door, they usually feel bad for that person. I remember when I first started Uh, door-to-door and people used to ask me all the time oh man you know I feel bad for you why don't you get a real job like oh you know do you want a new profession but in reality people don't realize that door-to-door is actually a hidden gem if you actually look at some of the most successful people on the planet people like Tony Robbins Mark Cuban Jordan Belfort Grant Cardone individuals with you know, eight, nine figure net worths, most of them started door to door and they actually dedicate a lot of their business success today to the concepts, the skills and the attributes that they learn from going to door to door. So for me, when I saw that, I realized that, man, if I could master knocking on a complete stranger's door, someone who is, you know, completely interrupting whatever they're doing currently in their home and influence them to make a decision on something that they had no intention of doing before I stepped there, that skill set would for sure translate into multiple other opportunities um, in multiple other industries. So for me, I definitely think I was motivated by fear. Um, from a really young age, I, I always had a lot of ambition. I just never really had a vehicle to attach that ambition to. Uh, both my parents combined, they make thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. So I never really had someone in my life who was affluent and who was wealthy. So I didn't really realize I wanted to be rich. I wanted to create freedom and create wealth until I got to college when a buddy exposed me to entrepreneurship and things that I never even imagined at the time. For me, I thought the only way to be successful, because that's all I was exposed to, was to go to school, get good grades, hopefully get a you know degree from college, and then you know work your way up corporate America for four, five, six years, and then hopefully get a good paying job, and then you know spend the rest of your life working 40 hours a week for 40 years of your life, and then die. I thought that's what the American dream of success was. And it wasn't until I was exposed to young people making twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month from their cell phone, not clocking in, not clocking out, not hating what they were doing at a job, that it really opened my mind to what was actually out there and the potential. So for me, I think the big motivator was fear because I saw what my parents did, I saw what my family did, I saw what the traditional system routed me to do. And I realized quickly, I definitely didn't want to go that route. And I knew if I wanted different results, if I wanted things in my life to change, I was going to have to change things in my life. And I realized that most people were, weren't happy. They weren't fulfilled and they were making average incomes and, you know, really living an average life. So I had to realize that I needed to do something different to get different results. So I dropped out of college sophomore year and 
when I first dropped out, everyone thought I was crazy because at the time I was chasing this network marketing dream. I was 22 or 23 years old, making literally no money, still working, you know, part-time at a pool, trying to survive and pay my $500 Ultima payment. And I remember when I dropped out, I was actually really embarrassed to tell people, my coworkers, my friends, my fraternity, because I knew that they would make fun of me and they didn't understand what I was doing. And at the time, I didn't have enough self-belief or conviction where my belief was very fragile, so I didn't want other people's doubt to corrupt my little belief I already had. So after I dropped out of college, I had to quickly make a decision that I was going to separate myself from my old life. Because the more that I hung out with my old friends and my old colleagues and the people that my old life was attached to, the more doubt and the more concern I had that I was actually making the right decision for my life. And it was when I actually made a concrete, firm decision that, hey, this is who I'm going to be. This is the path I'm going to take. And I actually physically moved away from my hometown, Vegas, and started to be away from my old paradigms, my old beliefs, and my old thoughts that's when I actually started believing that I could do this. And then my income, the results quickly followed. So I definitely would say I didn't have a formal education, but I had a self-education because I was always relentless in reading and going to seminars and exposing myself to successful people, whether physically or digitally online. And by doing that, I started to slowly reprogram my mind and start taking away the thoughts and beliefs of doubt, of lack, of, of scarcity, of mediocrity, and started reprogramming, reprogramming those beliefs with things that actually served me that were congruent with the destination I was trying to accomplish. So success means different things to different people. If you ask someone in Thailand what success means to them, it's going to be a way different definition than someone in America. Or if you ask an 18-year-old what success means to them, it's going to be a lot different than an 80-year-old. So I think success means different things to different people. The best definition that I've ever heard of success is by Napoleon Hill in Thinking Grow Rich. He says, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, what that means to me, it's progress in something that is meaningful to the individual. Meaning that if there's a school teacher out there who loves teaching and educating the youth and loves dealing with young kids and crafting their minds and enjoys that, and they're getting better at it every single day, they're successful. That's the entrepreneur who maybe is still struggling, but they're doing the thing that they love, whether it's starting a small business or doing something online, and they're progressing it every single day, they're successful. That's the door-to-door salesperson who didn't want to work a job because they didn't believe in conforming to a nine-to-five and not having freedom and having someone dictate what they're worth, and every single day they're getting better at their craft, they're developing their sales skills, they're reading books. That person is successful. So I believe the only way you're not successful is if you're drifting and you're conforming and you're not doing something that you actually believe in. It's conforming to someone else's ideas. It's conforming to the system and what your government, what your parents, what your peers, your school teachers, your college professors, what they believe you should be doing and what their view of success is. That's when I believe people are unsuccessful because you're not following your own bliss. You're not following your own intuition. You're following someone else's opinion of what they think that you should be doing. And something that I realized is the only person that knows what's best for you is you. 
doesn't matter how much people care about you, your mom loves you, your dad loves you, your grandma loves you, but just because they love you doesn't necessarily mean they know what's best for you. Just because you trust your grandma doesn't mean you would trust your grandma with open heart surgery. It doesn't make sense because they're not competent. They haven't done the job. They haven't walked that path. Therefore, they can't take you into somewhere that they've never been themselves. So you have to realize that if people don't have the physical manifestation, regardless if they love you and care about you, but if they don't have the results that you're trying to accomplish, if they don't have the lifestyle, the marriage, the income, the career, the health, the body that you're trying to desire, it doesn't matter how much they love you or you know their intention behind it, they can't teach you how to get it because they haven't got it themselves. I think the last five years, I am 29 today, five years ago, I was 23, 24 years old. And when I first got into entrepreneurship, I was all about learning how to make money from my smartphone. It was just around the time where Instagram was coming out, Facebook has already been you know, pretty secure, MySpace just exited, and I quickly realized that there was a shift happening in society. There's a shift happening in the economy. It was going from people working a traditional job, blue and white labor, to mastering and monetizing the internet. And granted, I'm not a digital marketer. I don't do drop shipping. I'm not spending most of my time online because I actually built a sales team door to door, which a lot of people you know, would, would say is old school way of selling versus today. But I did figure out a way to monetize the internet and utilize it for my benefit. For example, when I first got into entrepreneurship, I quickly realized that success was something that I was able to obtain because of us being in the 21st century. Because we're in the information age, our parents 10, 15, 20 years ago didn't have access to YouTube. They didn't have access to Instagram. They didn't have access to Audible or Google or the internet. So if they wanted to go figure out a skill, if they wanted to go learn something, if they wanted to go get inspired or get connected with someone who's done something big in life, they had to drive to their local library, rent a book, read it and return it, you know, days or weeks later. Today, on our smartphone, I can literally Google how to make a million dollars selling door-to-door or how to become a multimillionaire by the age of 30. And there are hundreds or thousands of video, some credible, not some credible, so you have to do some sifting, from people who are spending their time, energy, and their expertise teaching you on how to do that. The information age, guys, is so powerful, but most people, they don't utilize it in their favor. They use it as a distraction. They use it as a crutch to numb their unconscious mind because they hate their job and they're not doing the things that they know they should be doing. So they distract themselves with all this other noise out there to make themselves feel better about them not doing anything in their life. But for those people that can really understand the power of the internet and the power of the you know economy we truly live in and who want to start a podcast and eventually monetize it or who want to create a network marketing business or do drop shipping or flip couches online or you know whatever you're doing, create an offer up store. There's so many more options opportunities for people, young professionals, you know, to out there to go out there and create wealth, to break away from their nine to five job and actually create something and build something they're passionate about by utilizing the internet. So 
I think it's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. And if people are working a job they don't like, if they're stuck in a career they don't like, it's not because of their lack of resources. It's because they're lazy, they're not willing to commit, and they're probably listening to the wrong people. I think most people quit on their dreams because they never really give themselves the opportunity to see if they're able to accomplish it. You know, for example, when I first started to stray away from the norm and I dropped out of college and I started doing things different and started posting about success and inspiration and different things. I got so much hate and so much adversity from my friends, the people I care about, even my parents, because it was so different than the current paradigm of what people believe you should be doing with your life in terms of professional and because of that fear of criticism and that fear of trying something new and failing at it, people have, a, people have the wrong relationship with, with failure. And this was something I learned really early on in my career that I feel like has served me massively. Most people, they're conditioned to think failure is something that's bad. In the school system, if you fail a class or fail a test, that's something that's bad and looked upon. But in life, you're going to fail more than you win. Failure is a building block to learning. The only way that you can learn is as if you fail. A lot of people would argue you learn more from failure than you do from succeeding. So if people are fail, if people are scared to fail, they're never going to put themselves in a situation where they're vulnerable and they're never able to figure out what they're made of. Therefore, when they want to, you know, take this big you know, jump of glory to this new opportunity. They're not going to do it because they have that fail of They have that fear of criticism and that fear of failure because that relationship, that connotation, is something bad. When in reality, for me, I've adopted to fail fast, fail forward, fail as fast as possible. Because as so many successful people said, it's not about winning. It's about failing more than the other person is even willing to try. And by doing that, you're going to put yourself in a much better situation than everyone else because you can glean all the learning lessons that you have and that's going to build your character to eventually get you to where you want to go so most people quit on their dreams not because they're not worthy not because they're not capable because they're not willing to put themselves in a vulnerable situation in order to fail and actually groom themselves into the person they need to be to accomplish that dream of theirs all leaders are readers all readers are leaders i truly believe that if you want something out of life, you have to become that individual. And personal development, reading, listening, consuming information, putting myself in the right rooms, tuning out of what the majority of people say and tuning into the 3%, that is the only way in order to become successful. Because whatever you're doing in life, most people are programmed to fail. If you look at life in America, 95% of people are unhappy, they're unfulfilled, they're not making the money they want, they're not living the lifestyle they want. Therefore, 5%, arguably 3 to 5% of society is actually winning at a high level and they're chasing their dreams and they're doing big things. Therefore, if you want to be successful, you have to look at what the 95% of people are doing and doing the complete opposite. Most people read one or less personal development book a year. Most CEOs read 15 to 30 books a year. Again, walk away from the 95%. Walk away from the 97%. Everything you need to know in life, anything you need to know in order to be successful at the career, the niche, the craft, the space you're in, someone has dedicated their life and have put it in a book. 
there's a good quote. They said the greatest secrets of the universe are hidden in a library because most people, they've got away from reading. They've gone away from traditional information. I believe, again, because school shoved it down people's throat. I remember when I was in school, I hated reading. I would do whatever I could to, you know, spark note the book report. I would cheat on it. I would literally do everything in my power because I had literally no interest in reading some fictional book that had no benefit over my life. So I really had to shift my paradigm and, and shift my belief about reading when I got into entrepreneurship because I hated it. I still don't love to read, but I also don't love to brush my teeth. I don't love to shower, but I do it because it's necessity. And I know if I want to function at the highest level in society and I want to thrive and win, that it's something that I need to do. So I aggressively read. I aggressively listen to content. I aggressively listen to audios because I want as much abundance and positive energy and information and mastery coming into my mind as possible because the world is bogged down with so much negativity. I'm reading a book right now and it talks about, imagine you had this magical talisman, that this magical talisman that you carried everywhere you go. And one side of the magical talisman had a acronym of PMA and the other side of it had NA, uh, NMA. Positive mental attitude, negative mental attitude. And anything that you want to accomplish out of life, all your dreams, your goals, your desires, everything you can accomplish as long as you hold that talisman on the positive mental attitude. All the fear, all the doubt, all the negativity, all the worry, all the anxiety manifest when you hold the talisman in the NMA, the negative mental attitude. Therefore, if that is accurate, then I want as much information. I want as much resources. I want as much stimulus as possible on the PMA, the positive mental attitude as possible. And by doing that, I'm going to stay in a high state. I'm going to stay in a, in a high frequency. I'm going to stay inspired. I'm going to stay motivated because I'm putting the right information and stimulus in my mind. We feed our body every day, but most people don't feed their mind every single day. Or if they're feeding their mind, they're feeding it with garbage. They're feeding it with junk. They're feeding it with the news or the, you know, the negativity going on at work or the drama or the gossip. And no wonder people are depressed. No wonder people aren't operating at the level they're doing because think of all the input, all the negativity. You know, our mind is like a computer. If you program positivity. And if you program abundance, your output's going to be a reflection of that. But most people are programming viruses. They're, they're programming things that aren't congruent to the life that they want to live consciously or unconsciously. And that's why their output is matching that. Some of the things that I wish I knew back then, I wish I dreamed bigger quicker. I remember I thought that if I made a hundred thousand dollars a year, my life would be amazing. My life would be set. I'd be able to retire my parents. I could travel as much as I want. I would never have to worry about money again. So for a really long time, my goal was I just need to make $100,000. I wish someone told me that, Stephen, one, $100,000 ain't shit, especially in California, right? That's basically right over the poverty level. When with inflation going on, $100,000 can't get you much. After taxes, you're really looking at $70,000. After bills, you have like $20,000, $30,000 to play with. It's not a lot of money. But I wish someone told me, Stephen, you can accomplish whatever you want in life. You can accomplish big things. Set your vision, set your target bigger. Stop trying to make $100,000. Start trying to make a million dollars. Even today, after making a million dollars, I need to be thinking about how do I make $100 million, not $10 million. Les Brown has a quote. He says that you should aim for the stars and worst case, you land on the moon. Most people it's not that they're aiming too high and missing. It's that they're aiming too low and hitting. 
Most people have low standards. They have low expectation. They have a low standard for their life and therefore they're they're meeting that you know our life will be a reflection of the standards that we keep from themselves i used to have a low standard for my health i used to have a low standard for my my social network i used to have a low standard for what i expect from myself therefore i rose or lowered per se to that low standard now i have high standards for my life uncomfortably high standards for my life A lot of people would call that overachieving. I call that believing in yourself and knowing what you're capable of. So I wish someone told me to think bigger, quicker. I wish someone told me you could have everything you want out of life as long as you're willing to work for it and as long as you're willing to commit your life force to that thing. I believe that we become what we think about. Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale talks about that. And whatever the mind of man can conceive and bring itself to believe it can achieve. Most people, they don't conceive much. They don't believe in the things that they could accomplish. Therefore, they're not taking the action that is needed in order to get there. If you only believe you're worth $80,000 a year, your performance, the way you show up, your handshake, your attitude will only be congruent to that $80,000 a year mindset because why would I try and accomplish something that I don't believe I could even accomplish? doesn't make sense, right? We can never outperform our identity. We can never outperform our self-image. Therefore, it's more about raising your self-image, raising what you think is possible in your life, and then your actions will follow suit. I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned from a mentor is the only way to accomplish what you want out of life is for you to believe it first. I think belief is the missing ingredient in any struggling person's life. If you believe your worth If you believe you're capable, again, back to the self-image, if you believe your identity and your self-image is congruent to something, you'll eventually get that because there's no way that you can outperform your belief. There's no way you can outperform your self-image. Therefore, you have to raise your identity. You have to raise what you believe you're capable of first. And for me, I remember, you know, being in network marketing broke. I remember, you know, driving my upline at the time to the airport and wanting to do that because, you know, he'd give me $20 for gas money and that $20 could fill up my tank plus, you know, give me an extra $10 to do whatever I wanted to. And I remember sitting in the car with him, driving him to the airport. And I remember he said something. He said, Stephen, the reason you're not in the position that you want to be in is because you don't believe it. You don't believe you're worthy of that position. And I remember pondering that. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm reading all the books. I'm doing everything that I was supposed to. Yet my external world was still broke and scarce and lack. And it wasn't until, you know, I started making some money and seeing some success and seeing some of my dreams, you know, come to fruition that I realized what he said was absolutely right. At that time, I still bought into my old story, my old story of being self, you know, low self-esteem and low belief and my parents only making $40,000 and the most money I ever made in a year was $30,000. And I was raised in a very non-conducive environment for someone to be successful on a monetary basis. And because I bought into that story and because my identity was still wrapped in my past, it didn't matter how hard I worked or how bad I wanted it because the universe was going to continue to give me what my reality believed it to be. You know, 
things don't start changing in your life until you start changing the way that you look at things. When you start changing the way you look at things, the things you start to look at change. And if you continue to look at life from a, 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 an old paradigm or an old world lens, there's no way you can create a new identity if you still keep buying into your old story. So for me, it was really taking actions. It was really being consistent with my word, being impeccable with my word and doing the things that I said I was going to do. And by doing that, I started to stack my, my self-esteem. I started to stack my self-confidence because I started to create a reputation with myself that, hey, Stephen is someone who does what he said he's going to do. Stephen is someone that's doing something that the successful people say to do. Stephen is someone who reads the books and does all these things. And by doing that, I started to create this self-worth and this self-image of myself that, man, I'm doing all the things that successful people do. Therefore, I believe I should be successful. And then boom, the universe starts opening up and things start happening happening. So investing is something that I really started focusing on only about two to three years ago. My main focus, again, from my conditioning and, you know, my, my mentorship at the time was make, 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 earn, 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 which is super important. You know, earning is the first step of any equation in terms of wealth. You cannot save yourself to freedom. It's impossible. You got, you know, it's never a spending problem. It's always an earning problem. And I believe that because earning is the thing that you have control over. And earning is the thing that starts the rest of that success freedom formula. But that's not the only step. I think it's a three-step formula. First is you have to figure out a way to earn money. And I would recommend the best way of doing that is getting in some type of performance-based industry. You cannot create wealth if someone is paying you salary or by the hour because someone is always dictating your worth. And chances are they believe your worth is probably lower than what you hopefully believe your worth is. So there's always some type of conflict there. So you have to get into some type of industry, some job, some profession that is performance-based and you're able to go up there and create income. You can't have a glass ceiling over your income earning abilities or you know, you're never gonna be able to exceed that ceiling. So step one is you need to earn money. Step two is you need to keep the money. My first three, four years in solar and door to door, I was making $100,000, $300,000, yet I had nothing to show for it. As my income increased, my lifestyle increased. I started getting a nicer car, nicer apartment, started going to nicer meals and, and having a nicer lifestyle because on social media, that's what I thought I should be doing. I thought, hey, I need a nicer apartment. I need to upgrade my car. I need to upgrade my life because I deserve it. And you do deserve it, but you have to be mindful that, you have to figure out why you're desiring money. Most people, there's four steps of motivation. The first step is survival. That's where I was seven years ago. I needed to pay my bills. I needed to support my parents. I needed to get out of this survival mindset so I can breathe and not have to worry about, you know, where my next, you know, paycheck is coming so I don't get evicted or my car payment doesn't, you know, get, get totaled um, or get repossessed. That's first. Most people are out of that. The second stage is materialistic. Materialistic is you're motivated by a nice watch. You're motivated by a new house, new car, materialistic things, which are great. Those things are great for you. But at some point you realize that, hey, this isn't a motivation for me anymore. The third is financial freedom, which is where I'm currently at and where I think most people should be at. The financial freedom motivator is, hey, I don't really care too much about, you know, nice things, right? Those things are nice and they'll come as a byproduct, but I am now motivated to make enough money where money isn't a big deal anymore. I need to make enough money where as long as my overhead is covered, then I can essentially be financially free and I can do whatever I want, whenever I want with whoever I want for however long I want. 
that's the phase where most people should be at. Because I'd argue that that new car or that new watch or that new vacation isn't going to bring you fulfillment. It's not going to bring you long-term happiness. It'll bring you short-term happiness, but it's not going to bring you long-term joy. What will bring you joy is creating a life that you don't need a vacation from. It's setting yourself up where if you want to go on vacation or if you want to go to a wedding or if you want to go watch your kid's soccer game or coach their little league, you have the ability to do that because you're not constrained by paying bills and your job firing you and all the fear that comes around money in today's society. And once you can create a life and set yourself up in order to do that, you essentially have complete freedom. And then you can focus on what you're actually passionate about, what you're joyful. And I think that's, you know, the first step of unlocking true happiness in terms of life. And then the fourth motivator is legacy impact. We all know people or know of people, the Warren Buffetts, the Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, the Elon Musk that have more money that they can spend in 10 lifetimes, yet they're out there grinding, they're out there hustling, they're working harder than a lot of people listening to this. Why is that? Because they're at that last stage of motivation where they're not motivated by freedom, they're not motivated uh, by materialistics, they're motivated by creating something that will live on past them, and they're, create, and they're motivated by impacting other people because they realize the more service they bring to the world, the more joy, prosperity, abundance, and peace that they'll get um, you know, in, in, in return to that. For me, I really had to change my perspective from making a lot of money to keeping a lot of money, which is the second step. And then the last step, which is investing, because investing is the only way that you create wealth. It doesn't matter how much money you make. If you don't invest it properly, you'll continue to have to trade time for money. You'll continue to have to, you know, invest life force into a return, which is not true freedom. And you're never going to have leverage and be in a position where you have six Saturdays, one Sunday, and you can do whatever you want with whoever you want for however long you want. So guys, I think investing is the thing that people don't talk about enough, especially in my profession, which is direct sales. And it's the one thing where if you focus on that, you focus on net worth, you focus on residual income, you focus on creating enough passive income to subsidize your overhead, that is going to be the one thing that can really set your life up where you truly will have complete joy and happiness. So guys, in closing, I hope that was valuable. Those were some of the questions that I feel like have made a really big impact in my life. And ultimately, I think information changes situations. And for those of you guys who are listening that have made it this long, take some action. Do something. I remember being 22, 23 years old, watching videos like this, listening to audibles and, and stuff like this. But nothing really changed in my life because I never internalized it and I never actually applied it. Knowledge without application is hallucination. And there's so many people out there that listen to all the books, they listen to all the audios, they show up to all the conferences, yet their life doesn't change because they don't change. Take the one or two pieces of information that you've got value from this and actually apply it, internalize it. Do something today, build those habits and start focusing on the thing that you actually care about. Again, we become what we think about most of the time. Your ability to stay focused and believe that you can accomplish whatever your goal, dream, or task is through all the ups and downs, through all the valleys and, and peaks, your ability to stay focused, congruent, and stoic will be your level of resistance or your level of attraction to that certain thing. So I hope you guys got some value and we'll see you on the next episode.